This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. You are listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to the Wednesday, December 13th, 2017 NBA edition of On the Daily, brought to you by Rotoviz Radio. I'm Matt LaMarca, who you can find on Twitter at Matt LaMarca, and I'm joined tonight by Vince Long, who you can find on Twitter at WakeWorkWake. Vince, how's you doing? Man, I'm 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 pretty good. Just uh currently tilting some Ben Simmons action. Um but other than that I'm not gonna complain, man. How are you? Life is uh pretty good for me. I told you just telling you that I got off of about a uh, a six hour nap this afternoon. Unbelievable. So uh yeah, it's life is good for me, man. I really can't six complain. hour nap. Most it takes people, a special kind of person to do that, man. Most people would call that a sleep. But, yeah, that's uh, just going to bed. That's just going to bed. <laughs> For me, it's- Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. It's a little nap. And then I watched my uh, my alma mater lose a heartbreaker. Uh, Stony Brook lost to Hofstra, who's like our heated uh, Long Island rival. So... Uh, that that I guess is really the only downside of of uh, Matt Lamarca at this point in time. It's it's good to be you, man. It's good to be you. <laughs> All right, let's let's dive into this Wednesday slate. We've got nine games, a uh, lot of injury information. We've got one, two, three, four, five. Five out of the nine games don't have any Vegas info yet. So there's going to be a lot of stuff that you're going to want to keep your eye on throughout the day. First game up at 7 o'clock, we have the Clippers at the Orlando Magic. This is one of the five with no spread. Uh, Danilo Gallinari, I believe he's out for this game, but we'll have him as doubtful for now. And then on the Magic side, just a whole slew of injuries. Evan Fournier and Jonathan Isaac are both out. Aaron Aflalo and Aaron Gordon are both questionable. So let's start with the Clippers. Who do you like for them today? I mean... My heart tells me jump to jump right to Milos, but I guess we can talk about the other people first. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's the it's the usual characters. I mean, Gallo absolutely burned some folks the other night with the I don't know that came out of nowhere. Didn't he play like thirty six or thirty eight minutes in his last game, and then all of a sudden he's out for a couple games? Like I don't I don't know it's, where that came yeah, from. Yeah, it was an extremely Danilo Gallinari thing to do. Yeah, like very much so. So, uh, but like I mean, that just brings right back. Lou's back in play. Rivers is back in play. Um, probably a little less with about rivers now with Milos back, but you know, you could play Deandre Jordan. It's a pretty good matchup for him. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I'm more 
interested on the Orlando side of the ball here outside of the, the somewhat value plays. Cause Lou is just at that price point. It, it's, there's not, uh, there is much, there's a little bit of room for upside, but like you have to get like a perfect Lou game on the road, good matchup, but I just don't know. 7.7. What do you think about that? I think I'm into the price tag. It's, it's a dream matchup. Like, it is. I, I perfectly agree. Perfectly. But I mean, 7.7, like it's Lou a lot. Williams. Like, yeah, you're, you're basically hoping for, like a ceiling type of game from him. Like I would not really want to play him in GPPs because I don't know if he's got, you know, like 50 to 60 upside at this price tag, but I think he could very easily get 40 to 50. Yeah. If you get 40 to 42 at 7.7 in cash games, you're fine. That's a really good point. I like that. So I like, I like him there and I'm with you that I think I'm going right to Milos. Yeah, man. Oh God. I love him so much. 3.9. He played, uh, 20.5 minutes in his first game back. He's going to have a pretty solid usage rate. I would think we know about the passing skills, obviously. And then, you know, Orlando has been the worst team in the league defensively towards point guards. So, uh, I would rather go with him than pay the extra 2k for Austin Rivers, I think. Completely agree. None, yeah, I mean, there's nothing else we need to say. I mean, I just think dollar for dollar, he's the better play. They trust him. They really do. I mean, I know we've only seen him, what, three actual NBA games outside of the preseason. But just, you know, based off what they were doing in the preseason and how, you know, no Patrick Beverly on the court now, like, I think they're going to lean on him. I, I could see his minutes coming up a little bit. But at this price point, I'm fine with like 21, 22, like you saw in this matchup. Yep, agreed. All right, let's flip over to Orlando because, yeah, if they're going to be without all those guys, there's definitely got to be some value here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, first of all, we're looking at the guys that are just going to see massive uptick in usage out of the starters. I mean, you got to look at Vooch, you got to look at Peyton, but Jonathan Simmons has been a guy that I've been going to for a couple weeks now, and he only gets more shots, and that's good for him. He's a guy that can rebound, you know, he can he can score in bunches. We saw it at San Antonio as well, so... I just think that for the price point, I think he's probably going to be my favorite. But are you a Hazonia guy? Is that does that exist? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, his name's Davis Maddock. I don't know if you've ever heard of him before, okay. but he's a, he's a Mario Hazonia guy. I got to give it to him. Uh, I liked him like when he came into the league like four years ago. I was like, oh, this guy might be able to play. Um, no, nah, but seriously, like Jonathan Simmons is the dude. He gets the largest usage bump on the team with Fournier off the court. He's putting in a usage rate of like close to 30%, if not greater than 30% in a lot of these games. And he just has the minute upside to see, he could see 40 if all these dudes end up sitting out. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I'm definitely still comfortable paying 6,400 for him. Uh, What are your thoughts on Vucevic? Cause he's obviously been great recently too, but the price is getting way up there now. The price is super steep, um, but what he's been doing is actually really impressive because obviously we all know that he's a 20 and 10 guy easily, but like the assist totals have been coming up. I'm not, not just the one, you know, triple double total, but like he's got four, five, three, I mean, seven in his past like six or seven games. Like, I mean, that's, that's nice. That's raising his ceiling up quite a bit. This is a matchup that we just watched Joe Val run through. DeAndre Jordan isn't the, the defensive threat that, he once was, in my opinion. I still think he's a great rim protector, but the, the game that Vucevic has, I feel like he could take advantage of this. So even at the price point, I feel like he's still in play for me, but I don't necessarily know if he's like at the top of my center list. Yeah, I mean, centers are killing the Clippers this season. Yeah. So uh, I'm definitely still okay with him as a tournament play. 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, like the salary is is definitely high enough where I probably won't go there in cash. But if if they end up having the game where all the dudes sit, like if Gordon doesn't come back, then yeah. I think he's fine in all formats. But if Gordon's in and they're a little healthier than they have been, then I might want to stay away from Vucevic at 8,800. But the dude has just been outstanding recently. So good. So good. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I think even if Gordon plays, he's still considerable for me. But yeah, if Gordon's out, I mean, that's that's a huge, huge bump for him. And you kind of mentioned Alfred Payton. Like, I'm always looking to buy low on Alfred Payton, but I don't think this is like a buy low spot. Since his salary is up at, like, he had an awful game last time out. Yeah, it was in in a great matchup, too. In which a great is, matchup. Yeah, which is really sad. And his salary somehow came up by $400. Uh, yeah, that's called own percentage. <laughs> um, yeah, he was like, I don't know, 40% owned of that game against Atlanta. Um, yeah, no, I mean, 7.2, I really didn't even look at the price on DraftKings. How is he sitting on FanDuel? I don't have that. Pulled 77. Up right now. 77. Yeah, no, I'm. Obviously, you can play him in tournaments if you want to, because he truly, in my heart, does have like 45 to 50 fantasy point upside. We've seen um, it multiple times. We have. And I, I just don't know if this is the spot for me to to really focus on that. And if you're rolling out 10, 20 lineups, yeah, I would probably have some exposure to him. But it's just not a guy that I'm trying to jam in my lineups. All right. I think that's fair. All right. Before we get to the next game, I'd like to just mention the road of his NBA pass. Uh, with that pass, you can get accent to all the content at Rotoviz this season. Seven times a week plays of the day article, GPP plays, and a whole lot more. Uh, Vince, I believe you have uh, an article coming out tomorrow. Um, listeners to our podcast can get a 30% discount if they head over to rotoviz.com slash NBA podcast. So uh, definitely recommend checking it out if you're interested in supporting the podcast team. All right, next game up, your Memphis Grizzlies at the Washington Wizards. Another game with no spread. Uh, the big reason why, Brandon Wright, not, not going to play. Yeah, just, that's uh, it. Yeah, <laughs> just, that's the news we're waiting on. Just kidding. John Wall, uh, it sounds like he's going to play. He practiced I thought he was going to play tonight. Yeah, yeah. He, it, it sounded like they held him out just to make sure he could go today. But he is officially listed as questionable. And then Jan Mahimi did not play tonight, and he is officially questionable as well. So let's start with the Grizzlies side. Uh, are you considering anyone over there? I mean, if you're looking for someone, it's like Gasol and Reek. And Reek is actually a really interesting play to me. But honestly, no. I mean, outside of that, like I really don't have much uh, want to play Gasol. Reek is the only guy I'm considering here. It's a good matchup for him, and his usage is outrageous right now. So, I mean, that that's... That's all you're really looking at from from the Memphis side of the ball. Yeah, I like Tyreek. Uh, his salary, is, I think, is very reasonable on FanDuel right now at 7300 uh, I could very easily get behind that play, but uh, I'm with you. It's really, you're looking at those two guys, and it's not like either of them has, you know, a stellar matchup here. So Yeah. All right, what about for the Wizards? If Wall is back, that's obviously going to have a pretty big impact on how we approach this team. If Wall is back at 7.9 on DraftKings, like, unless they say he's on, like, a 25-minute limit, I'm probably going to play him. Because 7.9, like, have you ever got John Wall 7.9? Probably not. I don't think you're ever going to again, you know? Like, I think it's kind of just one of the situations you have to take advantage of. Do you agree with that? Like, say he's – if you get 30 minutes of Wall at 7.9, are you okay with that? 
30 minutes at seven. What was it? What he's what is it? It's a shoulder injury, right? I I thought it was his knee. Is it his knee? Yeah, okay. It was his knee. I'm not okay. Yeah, I I mean, I I think that's a fair lim, uh, you know, expectation for him is 30 minutes. So yeah. I think that's kind of the dilemma we're going to be looking at. So, can he get us 40 fantasy points in 30 minutes? That definitely seems doable. Yeah. I mean, I just I just feel like the, the spot's pretty decent. This the pace is going to be gross in this game. But I mean, he's a guy that can I mean, he can rack up 12 assists in 30 minutes easily and he's going to get to the rim because Memphis has no rim protection. So, I just think if if they they don't have too strict of a limit on him, I feel like he is firmly in place mainly for GPPs though. I don't know if I'd go there in cash. I don't know if if it's necessary in cash, but I mean this is a really good comparison, though. Lou Williams is 7.7 or John Wall 7.9? Yeah, for me, that one's easy, Lou. Okay, for cash games? For both, because honestly, both. like, even if Wall, like, what's Wall's ceiling theoretically in 30 minutes? Like 45 fantasy, 40, we'll say 42 fantasy points. I'll give him so 42. That's, that's barely 5x value. Yeah, I mean, you got a good point. But, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, say that there's no minutes limit. Does that change your opinion? If they don't come out and say that there's a minute limit, then yeah, uh, yes, I would, I would definitely because be he he has a higher ceiling than Lou Williams does. For given sure. they both I mean, play thirty five minutes, he's John Wall. Like yeah, he's so a just, he's a nine k plus player that we're getting yeah. at a a solid discount here. So yeah, I guess this is definitely a situation to monitor. I wouldn't expect them to throw him, you know, back in full strength first game. I would agree with that. I'm just hypotheticals, just to you know get the information out there. Yeah, for sure. But if it's a situation where they're going to keep his price like this, it's it's you want to be early as opposed to late, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. event like he's going to play 35 plus minutes eventually. So, yeah. if they're going to keep him in this range while he's limited, I think he makes for a really strong GPP play moving forward cuz you know eventually he's going to play. Definitely. Um, what about the rest of this team? Anybody that you're looking at? <sighs> I mean, I wrote down Porter, but I don't really have any explanation for that outside of the, the wing defense is terrible right now for Memphis, you know, along with most of the other. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, this game is kind of gross to me. I, I was just really, you know, wanted to talk about Wall at that price. But outside of that, I don't have too much interest. I think if Mahimi sits again, you can consider Gortat for sure. I just can't because Mahimi sat tonight and he played 18 minutes. In a close game, like I just I played Gortat and he's and he's killing me. <laughs> like it's he, he, he came out in the first 18 quarter. Eighteen minutes. He played eighteen minutes with Mahimi out. And Markeith played nineteen minutes. So who yeah. the heck did they play? I saw a lot of Jason Smith. Yeah, Jason I don't know Smith what his played final twenty-eight minutes, minutes. Yeah, and Mike Scott played fifteen. Yeah. So I just interesting. Yeah, I'm scared of that situation. It's just not – I feel like on a game – what is this, eight or nine game slate? I forget how many it is. I mean, I just feel like you don't need to go down the Gortat well anyways. I still might get a little bit of tournament exposure because the okay. Nets – you know, the Nets are not a team that's playing, you know, a traditional center, but they might want to have a little bit more size out there for Marcus I can see that. Maybe so, they were limited them for the back-to-back too. Yeah, so I, I might, you know, as like a, a, a low percentage play – and some yeah. GPPs oh, yeah. I, get some I mean, he was 8% owned with no Mahimi against Brooklyn. So you're going to get him at sub 5% easily. That's great. That's, I mean, I know we got that news like super late, but 
that would have been a like yeah that was like a spot where i saw that news and it was a jam them in type of situation absolutely me. yep all right let's get on to the next game uh i think one of the more intriguing games of the day oklahoma city thunder at the indiana pacers pacers are favored by one and a half and we have a 213 point total uh andre roberson is questionable for the thunder while Darren Collison is questionable for the Pacers. So let's start with the Thunder. Do you like uh, Westbrook here? I mean, is there anybody else on this team that you're looking at? I mean, this is the Paul George revenge game, man. You play Paul George, you play Depot, and you just watch it happen. <laughs> like, um, Yeah, no, I mean, obviously Russ, he's in play. Um, I, I'm probably not going to play him. I just don't play Russ when I don't need to very often. But yeah, I mean, you got to look at Paul George. You got to look at... Uh, Steven Adams, in my opinion, I think on the, the Thunder side of the ball, that's the three guys I'm looking at. Um, they they're, they just don't offer much of the guys. Like, There's no bench rotation player you're really considering from this team. It's, no. it's all Westbrook. It's maybe a wing gets hot, and then it's Adams gobbling up the, the dirty shit down low. So, I mean, it's this is how this team works. And that for fantasy, that really, really narrows the spectrum down. Yeah, and if Robertson sits... George is going to play 40 minutes in this game. Yeah. I, I mean, mean he, that's... he almost all, already plays 40 minutes. So he's going to just play a tremendous amount in this game if they're shorthanded. At 7.7. Definitely like that price. Back in Indy, I know. And after a stretch of games, like his ownership percentage is going to be lower than people. It should. It, it's going to be lower than it should be. Yes. And I just think that this is like just an ultimate gpp play like i love him in this matchup like they don't have i know depot is a good defender and i know you love the guy but he's not slowing down paul george <laughs> I it's think, just not I think he'll spend the majority of his time on westbrook anyway you think so i do Oof. i do that i is, think that... especially if collison is out you know i think that they're gonna you know he's their best on ball defender so yeah i think they're gonna try and use him as like a westbrook stopper uh and and that's that's part of the reason why i'm not so interested in westbrook i mean his usage rate. Victor Oladipo is not slowing Russ down. That is not a reason to avoid him. I said, I, just... I said part of the reason. <laughs> and I'm not going to have you come on this podcast and slander Oladipo anymore. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, sir. He has had a usage rate of at least 33.4% in seven straight games. Pretty uh, good. Yeah. That's he's what the U's like to call pretty good. Right. He's He started the season like well low and... Like, over the last stretch of games, he's like, all right, whatever. I'm just going back to playing the way I play. <laughs> this is my team. I don't and, really care And now games. he's back to, like, within the top three in usage. So Is that hurting Paul George, like, enough? Like, is this is this low fantasy production for Paul George, is this going to stay here because Russ is doing this? Definitely possible. It's scary for me. Like, that's why I feel like Paul George and Cash just, it doesn't do it for me. Yeah, it's more of a GPP play for me. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like even with the massive usage, Westbrook has kind of struggled when this team has been at full strength, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. So, and his salary has remained, you know, pretty consistently high. So I, I, you know, there's enough here for me to look elsewhere. I think my favorite play on the team might be Steven Adams. Yeah. You know, he's just one of those guys that's going to get you like 35 every night. Yep. And we love targeting, you know, the Pacers with big men. So. Uh, I'm definitely all aboard the Steven Adams train as well. All right. So outside of Victor Oladipo, who else are we playing for the Pacers? <laughs> um, 
really the only guy that I'm somewhat interested in is Thad Young because I am all about targeting power forwards against uh, the Thunder because Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony. Anthony is, so, I mean, Thad isn't a guy that like I'm trying to jam in, but if you're looking for you know, a mid-range guy with 35 fantasy point upside, maybe 40 fantasy points if things go really well for him, he's there. But, I mean, Thad is really just like a 30 fantasy point a night type cash gameplay, and in this matchup, I think he remains that. I'm I'm going to continue to say that Miles Turner is underpriced as well. I don't want to target Steven Adams. Like this is obviously a poor matchup for him, but he played 40 minutes in his last game. Now granted that was an overtime game, but you know, that means but he was going to play 32. 35. So yeah, he, 32 and 32 the games before that too. So like I mean, you have a point. Like Exactly. He's, and he's gone yeah. for like 35 fantasy points in all of those games. Yep. So I like him at his current salary. It's not a matchup that I'm in love with, but I think he's another guy that I'm going to have exposure to. I think that this is, you know, kind of like I said at the opening, I think that this game has some sneaky, uh, or maybe not even sneaky. I think it just has some, some game stack appeal. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Too bad. I mean, the only issue with that is outside of the bigs, it's a very expensive expensive. game stack. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really, like you're, you're literally game stacking this and hoping it, they they go to double overtime, you know, like, yeah. Well, and, and I think if you do it without Westbrook, it's, it's better. You know, that's like, a good point. If yeah, you go yeah, with that's, like a it's Paul very George, Victor Oladipo, Miles Stephen Turner. Adams, Miles yeah, Turner. Exactly. Yeah. You still have yeah. some flexibility. I agree with that. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Denver Nuggets at the Boston Celtics. Uh, no spread on this game at the moment. Nikola Jokic, doubtful to return. Will Barton left Tuesday's game with a back injury, so I'm going to list him as questionable. And then for Boston, Kyrie Irving is probable, but Al Horford is going to be out uh, for rest. And Marcus Morris looks like he's going to be out for uh, an extended period of time here with a knee injury. So we're going to have some injury value on both sides. Who are you looking at? Uh, let's start with the Nuggets. Yeah, I mean, okay, you're you're assuming here. I'm just going to say that Barton's out. Um, Jokic is out. You have no Millsap, obviously. Like Murray, Harris. I mean, Moutier can throw in there. Wilson Chandler, like all these guys are at wonderful price points. And while the matchup isn't perfect, like I feel like you can attack almost all of this value. Um, I feel like if I had to pick one, it's probably going to be Wilson Chandler. But Gary Harris is also a guy that I've always felt safe playing because he can offer you. He doesn't have to score 25 points like he, he can offer you some steals. He can offer you some rebounds. Um, and I just like that kind of guy in a mid-range price point. Yeah, I, I'm fine with that. Uh, I was I was a big fan of Chandler for today's matchup, and he played only 27 minutes, but this game was a little bit of a blowout against the Pistons. Yeah. I, I like, hate doing it, but I'm going to fall into the Jamal Murray trap again. See, I, I feel like I just prefer, if, if I want to play Murray, I just pay a little less for Moutier. I know that sounds stupid. But, like, I feel like their range of outcomes are very, very similar, and Moutier is a bit more consistent. Does that make any sense? Um, In this scenario where, like, they're missing a ton of key players, like, this is if Barton is out, because they're running low on guys to throw out there. I think that on most nights, yes, I'm going to agree with you, but I think that Murray for sure has the, the, the GPP winning ceiling, which I'm not sure Moutier possesses on most nights. Like, he showed it a little bit against Orlando, but everybody crushes Orlando. You know, I know that if Murray plays the minutes, he's going to have a usage rate 
you know, of 25 plus percent on most nights. And he has the ability to get hot and get me, you know, 40 plus fantasy points. That being said, I don't think any player has cost me more money over the past two seasons than Jamal Murray. I don't think I've ever got him on a good (laughs) Jamal Murray night. I don't think I, I mean, I'm trying to remember the last time I played Jamal Murray. He's just not a guy like he doesn't do for, for a guy that technically plays point guard. He does nothing but score like his assist totals are just sad. Like his rebound totals, which I mean are reasonable, but like they're sad. Like, I mean, but the high in his last 10 games, he's hit four assists three times and that's it. Like for a point guard, like you, you're, you're killing me with that. Like, and I just feel like he's, do they put Kyrie on Jamal or do they move uh, Jalen over? Because I feel like I would rather cover Murray than Gary Harris. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I wouldn't think they would want to go with a cross matchup for, you know, Jamal Murray, but you never know. Like, obviously that would be a, a big deal if that's like the biggest defensive upgrade you can make in the league yeah. going from Kyrie Irving <laughs> yeah. to uh I mean, that's like, that's, that's big. Like, I mean, I feel like you kind of got to take a guess on who Brown covers for the majority of the game. Now, obviously it's not, you know, perfect science, but you know, I, I feel like that's how you get between Murray and Harris is which one gets Brown, which one doesn't. Um, and that's also why you should consider Moody because he's probably going to see, you know, a backup like Rozier or something. So yeah, if, it's, if Barton's it's just out, interesting. If Barton's out, Moody is definitely also intriguing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the standard for most people is Gary Harris cash, Jamal Murray, GPP. Although and Harris I, has, yeah. has let a lot of people down recently. And he yeah. had another poor game tonight. So uh, I've been catching some flack on Twitter for recommending him so often. Really? Yeah. The guy oh, had man. the guy had one bad game in like his first in the last fifteen games and some dude hit me up on Twitter like, Why are you always recommending Gary Harris? You like seeing <laughs> people lose money. Oh, so, don't they know you're out to get him? You can't you can't make people happy. You can't. Anyway. They they hate us all, no matter how much money. But you know what, guys? I love y'all, so it doesn't even matter. I'm doesn't even matter. <laughs> Next game, Portland Trailblazers at the Miami Heat. Heat are favored by three, and we have a 202.5 total. Uh, Mo Harkless and Yusuf Nurkic, both questionable for this game. They missed the last game for the Trailblazers. And then Hassan Whiteside still out for the Heat. Another game with kind of a low total here. Uh, who do you like on on either side? Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess if I have to pick some, like Lillard's in play for me. Just whenever he suits up. If you can't find another point guard you like, like I have no problem with Lillard. Um, Aminu is very interesting, just given the circumstances. But his last game against Golden State was nothing to make you feel good about the play. But if I have to pick one from this entire game, it might be James Johnson. I just feel like he offers decent upside. And I mean, at a at five point six on DraftKings, like I feel like you could do a lot worse than that. But I'm really the answer is no one from this game is what I'm interested in. Uh, okay, I I think I can get behind that. I like uh, Aminu a bit for cash games. Yeah, you know, I think he's a little bit underpriced given the amount of minutes that he's been playing. I, I agree with that. that Golden State game, which he I, randomly. I really liked him during. I liked him for the Golden State game. Like I really really liked him as a play, and like, whew, that was that was a bad outing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I'm willing to give him a pass, I guess. And then uh, Brian Mears, who's one of the writers at Fantasy Labs, he wrote an article about uh, shooters that are, are due for some positive regression, negative regression. 
And one of the top candidates for positive regression was Lillard. And unsurprisingly, he has shot the ball really well. He's gone for at least 50 fantasy points on DraftKings in four straight games. So yeah. uh, I think his his salary is still pretty fair. It's it's not an ideal matchup, but uh, I like the idea of of buying low on him, I guess, while I think there's still some room for his salary to come up. Yeah, I'm. I, I agree with that. I'm not. I'm not even going to argue. Um, that's a really good point about the regression with the scoring. I, that's that's something that a lot of people, a lot smarter than me, come up with ideas like that. <laughs> yes, uh, Brian's one of the best NBA writers in the business. So you should follow him on Twitter if if uh, if you're already not. Uh, but one, before we move on, one other guy due for some positive regression: Jamal Murray. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna hurt yourself, man. <laughs> you're gonna hurt yourself, probably. Yeah. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Put an ad in here. Okay, next game up, we have the Utah Jazz at the Chicago Bulls. No spread on this game. Uh, I guess because Laurie, Larry Markinen is questionable with a back injury. Uh, Rodney Hood has already said that he will play in this game after missing his last seven games. And then Jonas Jarebko is probable with an illness. So... Given that Utah's coming back to full strength, uh, who who do you like for them, if anyone? I, I really don't. I mean, the only name that I had listed was Donovan Mitchell. But with all the depth for their guards coming back, I don't know if you can play him at 7K anymore. Um, I'm just – I'm not interested in anybody from this. You know, Gobert hasn't really done anything to, to become playable again. And the guards, I mean, they've got like 50 of them now, and they're all healthy. So <laughs> I just don't know if there's, there's too much to attack on this side of the ball. Yeah, agreed. I mean, like, uh, Alec Burks has to keep a role going forward. You know, like, they can't just relegate him back to playing, like, 15 minutes a game. You know, Rodney yeah. Hood's going to need 25 minutes a game. So Donovan Mitchell is going to have to lose a couple of minutes, I would think. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of in on Gobert at 6,600. Like, I'd like to see him playing a few more minutes, obviously, but... He had a really good game against Milwaukee, which I guess really isn't that surprising. Like Milwaukee, we yeah. we know they just get slaughtered by big men. And Chicago is a much tougher matchup against uh, Robin Lopez, but still a beatable matchup in my opinion. So uh, I could see myself using him at 6,600 in GPPs and hoping maybe that he gets a little bit more run. Does he have GPP upside though? I mean, you said given that he gets more run. I yeah, mean, that that's sense, that's really but... what it is. Like if he yeah. somehow gets up to like thirty-two minutes, okay, you know, then I think for sure he could he could give get us... up to forty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. I have no problem with that. Um, what about for the Bulls? 
I mean, I think Nwaba is still cheap enough to where you can consider him. Chris Dunn is a guy that, man, I have been, I've been playing a lot this year since he started, you know, starting and he's, he's been awesome. Uh, his last game out wasn't super great, but I still think the price point with the upside that he possesses, I think he's a very interesting play. Um, and I just think it falls down on the marketing because I mean, Portis, Nico, they're in play if, if we're going to get, you know, 25 to 30 minutes from both of them again. Yeah. What's really nice about Dunn is he's got that defensive upside. He know? does everything. He's like a multiple steal a night kind of guy, which is, yeah. which is awesome for fantasy purposes. Um, yeah. If marketing is out, consider me all aboard the Nikola Miritich train. Okay. So Nico over Portis. Yes. I was okay. very firmly in the camp of Miritich is going to lead this team in usage with uh, Zach Levine injured. Then he went and got his face broken in the, <laughs> the preseason. And, you know, that kind of threw their plans off because then Markinen, you know, showed more than I think most people were expecting in his rookie year. Uh, and, and Miritich kind of fell by the wayside. But... That said, he still has averaged uh, 1.12 fantasy points per minute since returning. He's posted a usage rate of over 25% in each of the last two games. Like, I think he could get close to 30 minutes if Markinen sits. And, you know, given that kind of fantasy output, 30 minutes, he could do a lot of damage. So uh, I love Miritich in terms of, you know, DFS purposes. Like, he's a terrible real-life basketball player. But you know that if you roster him, you're going to get like a, a lot of shot attempts, which, yeah. is, which is awesome. He, he doesn't always hit him, though. You have to admit that. <laughs> For he sure. can have some cold, cold nights, man. For sure. I think at uh, 5,200 on DraftKings and 4,800 on FanDuel, especially on FanDuel, like I'm willing to, to bite that bullet and, and just hope that he can find the bottom of the net. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think at the price point, given he's starting again and, you know, Markkanen's out, I think he's easily a cash game lock. But I like Bobby Portis just as much, even considering price tags. So I feel like you can play them together if, if you really wanted to. I feel like that's not even that crazy to say. Yeah, hopefully, Bobby Portis hopefully is just they a guy. can play together. <laughs> well, you know, I saw a picture on Google of them high-fiving at one point in time. So you never know. Maybe they're best friends now. Sometimes you just got to break a guy's face. You know, sometimes it's just... <laughs> You know, push come to shove, you just break a guy's face, and then you know you go to Chili's together and sl- split some fajitas or something. So now with forty eight percent more uh, chicken and steak. See, <laughs> you get it, man. You get it. <laughs> All right. Uh, next game up, we've got the Milwaukee Bucks at the New Orleans Pel- Pelicans. Uh, another game with no spread. Tony Snell out for the Bucks. Matt Delavadova is doubtful, and then on the Pelican side. Anthony Davis, Jameer Nelson, Dante Cunningham, all questionable. And Tony Allen is going to be out for a couple of weeks. So let's start with Milwaukee. The Tony Snell injury, like while that is something that like shouldn't really make an impact, you would think he does play like a boatload of minutes for these guys. Yeah, they got to find a body to replace that minute. So I think it could make all of their wing players a little more interesting in this game. I could agree with that. Um, even somebody like Malcolm Brogdon, you know, like if he's going to play more than what he has been playing recently, I think he could be a solid value at 4,700. So, uh, I like, you know, obviously Middleton and Giannis are your top two targets here, but I think you could even look to, uh, 
Bledsoe and, and Brogdon potentially if we get some injury value with, with uh, Snell. Yeah, Bledsoe's been incredible since joining Milwaukee. I mean, he's been playing really, really well. Even in tough matchups, he's done really, really well. Um, I feel like he's just a really good fit. He's still letting Giannis do his thing, but he, he's he's providing you know much needed scoring. He's provided. He's he's letting Giannis get off the ball quite a bit, which is is nice too. But yeah, I agree with you. I think all these guys are in play. I think Brogdon's probably the best dollar for dollar. Uh, guy given that, you know, I mean, he's put up what 24 fantasy points in three straight games. You know, he saw 41 minutes like two games ago um, at that price point in this matchup. I, I feel like he can easily smash cash game value and offer GPP upside for sure. Yep. Agreed. All right. And then obviously on the Pelican side of the ball, Davis is, is a huge bit of news that we're going to be waiting on. If he's out, we can go to all the usual suspects here, right? Definitely, definitely. I mean, Cousins is if if Davis is out, Cousins is going to be like forty percent owned, if not more. Deservedly GPPs. so against Milwaukee. Well, it's Milwaukee, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I actually think it's really, really interesting to to kind of stack this game. I really, really like this game. I feel like it's going to be a competitive one, whether Davis is in or out. Um, and I just feel like you know Boogie is really, really expensive. I get that, but everybody else is right there in that mid range that you can attack. Say you fade Giannis, play Boogie, you can get. You know, Holiday, Bledsoe, Rondo, Brogdon pretty easily, I feel like. So it's an interesting game. We've mentioned a couple of these stacks, but this is definitely one that I'm going to be on for sure. I wish the Pelicans would just give Anthony Davis like a month off. Yeah, they should. Like they finally bring him back and he plays 40 minutes. Well, first, first they rushed him back. I was I was mad about this on Twitter, but they bring him back and they're like, oh, we're going to play him 25 minutes today against the Jazz or the Kings. And I was like, why, why, why are you rushing him back so he can play 25 minutes against the Sacramento Kings in December? (laughs) Oh, you know what? I feel like I remember you tweeting that actually. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you. It made no sense to me at the time. And obviously I wanted to play DeMarcus Cousins that night, which was, (laughs) which was part of the reason why. Um, Then he plays 40 minutes against Philly in his next game. And now of course, He's questionable again. So, yeah. like, can you just let this guy get 100% healthy, please, before you bring him back? I don't understand it. Why <laughs> do you need to bring him back to play 25 minutes? Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like the Pelicans organization isn't necessarily full of a bunch of smart guys, so I'm just going to let them do their job. We we get paid to do this. They get paid to do that. Hopefully we're better at our jobs than they are. I hope so. End rant. End rant. End rant. But you're you're on fire tonight. You you watch one Stony Brook loss and you just get all angry on the internet, man. I have What's a up? little toasty tonight. <laughs> uh, Drew Holiday has gone Monster. for over forty DK points in four of his last five, with the one exception being uh, the Davis game that he came back against the yeah. Kings. And his salary, like, is still really nice, seventy two hundred. Yeah. Like, obviously, tough matchup here against uh, Milwaukee. He'll probably see a lot of Chris Middleton, I would guess. Yeah. But I still think it's, like, just a really good price point if if Davis sits. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've been, or at least I know, I've been writing up Holiday and Rondo just in a pair, single blurb together for a couple weeks now, especially with Davis out. I mean, they're they're yep. clicking. I did not. I, I will firmly say that I did not think that Holiday and Rondo was going to be a good backcourt that would work together, but I was very, very wrong because yeah, it really it's, seems to it's be beautiful. Working. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> um, Rondo, I feel like for the, the, the guys they have around him, Rondo is perfect for this team. 
Um, I feel like that was a genius signing on their part. Um, and he's thriving and he's still, you know, reasonably priced. He's finally up above 6K on DraftKings, which I didn't think was ever going to happen. But I guess a triple double will do that. Right. So. And playing 42 yeah. minutes. Yeah, exactly. So, but um, no, like I said, like you can play them all, man. I think they all have upside still. Yeah, agreed. I don't know if you remember, but a certain somebody said uh, they liked Rajan Rondo during the, uh, the preview podcast. Oh, I ignore that certain somebody. I don't even know who you're talking about. So, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll probably see him get mad on the internet later, though. So it's all good. <laughs> All right, next game, <laughs> Toronto Raptors favored by 11.5 at the Phoenix Suns, 217.5 point total. Uh, Lucas Naguera, DeLon Wright both still out with no timetables for the Raptors, and Devin Booker remains out for the Phoenix Suns. So Toronto uh, probably going to be the second highest implied team total of the day, I would imagine, behind the Rockets. It's it's a really great spot against Phoenix. They play really fast. They play absolutely no defense. So it feels like a team that we're going to want to have some exposure to. Yeah, you worry about the blowout, though. The last game they played stayed competitive, but Devin Booker also went off in that game. They don't right. really have a guy that can do that anymore. Warren obviously has that upside, but I don't know, man. I, just, I, I see this being like a 30-point game halfway through the third, so... I, I don't know if I'm attacking these guys for cash. I feel like they're they're just GPP targets for me. Yeah, you don't see a lot of double-digit road favorites. Like, that's a yeah. really big spread. Yeah. Um, I, I w- I'm going to do a little more research into this tomorrow for my article, which will be on Fantasy Labs. Um, shameless plug. Check that out if you want. But uh, normally, like, big spreads tend to actually lead to more fantasy success than small spreads. Now, obviously, if the game blows out and you don't play a ton of minutes, you're not going to hit value. But I think that there's still some some appeal here on the Toronto side of the ball. Kyle Lowry has been like real good recently. Now, granted, his price has come up a decent bit, but he's got just an awesome matchup. Um, I think I'm very much in on on Kyle Lowry at uh, $8,300 on DraftKings and uh, even better is 8K on FanDuel. Yeah, I mean, in a in a vacuum, the matchup is phenomenal. I, I mean, I, I firmly agree with that. But and I think De- DeRozan is firmly in play, too. I think Lowry's sure. the better of the two. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, given the matchup, you can play either one of these guys. You can almost play any of the – like, Van Vliet is in play for me, too. Sure. Um, you know, Ibaka. but – I've been playing a lot yeah, of Ibaka recently. Ibaka is actually a really good play, in my opinion. I feel like if I'm going to attack one of them, it's going to be Ibaka. Um but yeah, I, I just I don't know, man. Like I just I always I always go with my gut, and my gut says this is going to be just they're going to get smoked because no Booker is huge for this team. I mean, he is the heart and soul of their their competitive level because he's really the only one that like has the game to do that. So I worry about it blowing out. Um, I'm very interested in who is going to start for Phoenix at center though. Because, I mean, Tyson Chandler, on the back-to-backs, he's been sitting out, correct? So it's probably going to be a Monroe night. Would you agree yeah, with that? Yeah, Monroe, Len. I mean... Does that make Joe Val a little bit more interesting for you? Yes, for sure. Yeah. But, like, by a, by a little bit more, I mean, like, a little, little Slightly, bit more. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, I mean, honestly, I don't even know if I want to go there after the monster game against the Clippers anyways, because his ownership will go from 3% to 6%. It's just not worth it anymore. <laughs> right. And he shot, he shot eight for 10 from the field and ripped down 15 boards. Like the Clippers, we, we just have said that they've been like really bad against centers this year. So yeah. I, I think it's a prime spot to let the public uh, overpay for him. I mean, isn't this like 
the the perfect spot for him to become chalk after a monster double double. He plays Phoenix. Like I feel like this is a really prime spot for everybody to load up on Joe Val at four point seven. I I think so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So we haven't gotten to the Rockets yet, but just to go back to Lowry on DK, where where Chris Paul is eighty four hundred, Lowry is eighty three hundred, and we'll throw in Lillard at nine K. Who's your preferred target of the three? Oh, I would have to say Lillard, but that 700 is a big difference. So I would probably say Lowry. Like okay. if I'm picking between Lowry and Paul, I do like Paul. Paul is on my list, Yeah. but I, I would prefer to attack Phoenix over Charlotte. If yeah. I, you know, if I, I had a choice, I mean, for me, it's Lowry. And then on FanDuel, where he's 1500 less than Lillard and 1300 less than Paul. To me, it's like a no brainer over there. Yeah. Okay. But, um, I mean, I, I feel like on DraftKings, though, I think dollar for dollar Lillard is the best play out of the three. Okay, I'm fine with that. I, I, I like Lillard a lot, so I'm not going to fight you there. Yeah. You're uh, just paying a lot more for him. I feel like that's a different tier almost. Yes. W- what about uh, for Phoenix? Um, I mean, if you're going to attack anybody, it's going to be a cheap player. So, like, if Monroe starts, I feel like he's firmly in play for me. I feel like he started in a, the last game that they played, correct? Yeah, it, he had a... Uh, 34 fantasy points in 25 minutes. I mean, I feel like he could easily do that again at 4.8. I'm happy with that. Um, and if you want to try to attack one of the guards, you can, but I feel like it's nothing but GPP plays. Yeah. I I love Mike James as like a cheap GPP play because yeah. he, when he gets the minutes, like he has an absolutely massive usage rate. Like I want to say his usage rate with Booker off the floor this season is something like 36%. So if he's going to get, you know, 25 to 30 minutes, which he did get in his last game. He, he played, uh, 29 and a half. He can very easily turn that into, you know, eight or nine X on his current salary. So if I'm going to play a cheap guard, I'm going to play James because I think he's the one with the bigger upside of the two. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Um, but yeah, you're not playing him in cash. It's no, just, that's just sure. not a good, yeah. especially against Toronto, which is like a really good, uh, yeah. defensive team against a point guard. Just to throw this out there, because the last time these two teams played, I did play him. It did not work out. But what do you think of Van Vliet um, as like a, just a pure punt? Yeah, I mean, stars and scrubs. I like yeah. the idea for maybe for cash games, maybe a little bit for GPPs as well, because you get the double potential, right? Like he's already playing a pretty solid role for the Raptors. Yeah. And on the off chance that the game blows out, he's going to get even more run than usual. Yeah, so, no, that's 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 my thinking behind it for sure. Yeah, I like plays like that, and you can almost put uh, Jakob Pertle in sort of the same category, in my opinion. I feel like you could do like a like a mini game stack with like with the cheap the, guys. Yeah, with the cheap guys and hope the game blows out. I, I feel I like that's really that. interesting. Yeah, yeah, I don't hate that at all. Like get some Mike James, uh, you know, maybe even Alex Lynn instead of Monroe. I feel like that's a good pivot. This is all GPP stuff anyway, so right, exactly. Throw some crazy shit in there and see what happens. <laughs> All right, last game of the night, Charlotte Hornets at the Houston Rockets. Houston is favored by 12 and a half, and we have a 220-point total. Uh, Nick Batum is doubtful with an elbow injury. That's the only injury of note here. So uh, let's start with Charlotte. With Batum out, who does that bring in play for you? Like, I know Jeremy Lamb is almost always in play with Batum out. Do you like him here in a pace-up spot against the Rockets? 
Absolutely. If if Batum's out, I am going to have 100% Jeremy Lamb. I know he wasn't that great in a tough matchup against OKC in his last game, but OKC is, is just absolute murder for wing yeah. players. And and I still played him, and he still was. I mean, not great, but good. You yeah, know what I'm fine. saying? He's like, fine. I mean, that's yep. just Jeremy Lamb is just the perfect fantasy option when you can get him at you know, mid 5k to 6k range. And he's going to play 35 minutes, like just smash him in every time. I wish Dwight Howard was a little cheaper. I kind of, I kind of want to go with Dwight in the revenge game. I feel like this is a perfect spot to play him in, but 7,600 is just too much. It's just too much. Uh, With, with Kaminsky back. I think I agree with you Uh, before Kaminsky got back. I probably would have paid it. Oh, for sure. I mean, that was, I, in my head, that game against Chicago where he was like literally the only active center, I was like, can I pay him? Like, what's he really going to play? And then he played 43 and a half minutes. Yeah, I, I didn't was, get that game and I it really, really unhappy. hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, oh, man. What about Kemba? Like, is I, I know Chris Paul is the destroyer of all things point guards, but good game environment potentially. Obviously, no Batum is going to lead to an increased role. Could you see yourself adding him into the point guard discussion? Uh, yeah, I like the price point. I really do. Uh, DraftKings 7.5, that's doable. Um, I think I'm going to not even mention the whole Kimball on the road thing because I think that's that's kind of a thing of the past in my opinion. Okay. Um, I, I just – I we just saw what New Orleans did. I just – I don't know. Kimba's always a guy that I'm, I'm iffy about. I feel like Batum actually helps him more than hurts him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's in play for me. I'm kind of talking myself in and out of it right now. I'm not going to lie to you. But a 7.5 against Houston, yes, he's 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 in play for me. For me, it's going to come down to the projected ownership. Like, if he's going to be, yeah. you know, a 5 to 10% guy against Chris Paul, I'm, I'm going to take the dice. But if he's going to be like... You know, I feel like he's higher than that. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Like if he's going to be like a 20, 25 yeah, percenter. I'm, in my head, I have like between 17 and 22 in my head. Yeah, yeah then that might be too too much ownership for me to take on yeah. uh, against Chris Paul, who still, even in his old age, is like the best defensive point guard in the league. Um, all right, let's move over to the Rockets. And let's start with Chris Paul because he's been just a stud. He's been playing more minutes. And he's been uh, crushing. You know, he's up to now playing closer to like 33, even 35 minutes a night. And he has scored at least 43 and a quarter DraftKings points in three straight games. So uh, I think his salary is still very reasonable at 8,400. He's my top play on Houston because you know that I have a thing for like hating on James Harden. Yeah, you uh <laughs> what you're saying right now is the backcourt that I said was going to work that you didn't is actually working. Is that what you're saying right now? That's not what I said. You're putting words That's exactly in what mouth. you said because Paul is crushing right now along with James Harden and I, that means I the backcourt's working. I like the pairing. I said that <laughs> I will I liked, rewind the tape sir. Bring it back. I, rewind I the said tape, that I like that Mike D'Antoni was going to split them up, but when they're on the court together, I did say that they would have lower upside, which has not been the case so far. So I'll take my L on that. <laughs> but I don't want the L on saying that this backcourt wasn't going to work because I never said that. I think it's a beautiful thing, man. I really do. Uh, you're right. Chris Paul, dollar for dollar, is probably the best play on this side. Um, I think Harden's in play, but at that price point, I think there's better top-tier options to target. So if you're looking for Houston exposure, I definitely think it's Paul. Capella is very interesting to me, though. But uh, yeah, 84 is is for what Paul's doing right now is way too cheap. 
Yeah, and Capella, it's just so tough to trust him because he's only playing... He's played less than 24 minutes in four straight games. But yeah. he, he put up a 47.5-point game in one of those. He just... So. he's. He's playing on another level right now. You're right, though. The minutes is shit, but I, I I just feel like for GPPs, he's a really good guy. And I mean, Dwight isn't what he used to be. I like the idea of stacking Capella, and we don't really talk about like stacks, like traditional stacks, like we would in, in football or baseball. But I like the idea of stacking him with Harden because it feels like when Capella has a good game, it's because he's the recipient of, yeah. like, five or six alley-oops from home. Harden has 17 assists, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that makes sense. I think that's a, that's this is a really good team to do that with, actually. I feel like that's a really good point. Right. Like, that's, like, a traditional stack that I would use, like, a quarterback tight end type of thing. But then again, like, I don't want to attack Dwight Howard. So, Capella's probably somebody that I'm not going to play on this slate. But I'm also probably not going to play Harden. So, that goes, like, it goes together. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to get you to say you're playing Harden. It's going to be a really, really fun podcast. Yeah, I mean, well, let's let's think about it. Like, he is probably the the standalone stud, right? Like, he's going to have. Ah, eh, that's not true. There's there's Giannis, Russell Westbrook, and Demarcus Cousins. So he's really not a standalone. Stud. I feel like of the, the top tier, which we're going to say it's Harden. We're going to throw Davis out. Say he's out. So yeah. you got Harden, Giannis, Westbrook, and Cousins. Yeah. I feel like Cousins is number one. Agreed. Harden's number two for me, man. Uh, I'll take Giannis number two. I, 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 it's close. I have no issue with that. I feel like Harden, for the, I mean, given their three hundred dollars difference, I feel like Harden has more upside because I think Giannis is still a monster. I'm not taking that away from him, but I feel like his ceiling isn't really eighty fantasy points anymore. It's probably like sixty five to seventy, maybe. Yes. And that that's because of Bledsoe. You know, I mean, like that. That's just plain and simple. And I feel like Harden still has monster, monster 75 to 80 fantasy point upside, even with Paul on the court. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he went for 73 against Brooklyn. That's that's his highest output uh, over his last, like, 15 games or so. But, yeah, I agree. I guess if everything breaks right for Harden, he's got more, um, you know, assist potential and more real point potential. But I would say Giannis has more in the defensive category. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's close. It's very close. I think I, I would prefer Giannis, uh, but I can't fault you for wanting James Harden. I mean, listen, if you played James Harden on every slate that he's been on, you know, over the last like two months, you've probably you're doing made okay. money. So yeah, you're doing okay. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's end this thing with uh, your favorite game stack of the day. Favorite game stack. Oh, there's really. Three for me, but I'm going to say Milwaukee, New Orleans. Okay. Yeah, I like that one too, uh, for sure. And I really liked your suggestion of the cheap guys in the Toronto-Phoenix game. Yeah. I think that was uh, that's like a really sneaky way <laughs> to get exposure to what could be the best game of the day. So I really like that call. Uh, but I'm going back to OKC and Indiana, and yeah. I like the idea of stacking that game up without Russell Westbrook. That was my second one for sure. That is that is a very sexy game for fantasy points, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and to go back to that regression thing, like, Victor Oladipo is a prime candidate for regression. Like, he's shooting something like 45% from three this year, which Ever even, since- even as the staunchest Victor Oladipo fan <laughs> in the business, that's, that's no, not going to last. No shit. Ever since you brought up your love for him, he has been 
on an absolute tear. Just, I, I mean, ripping through basketball teams. So, but yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like you're good luck for him. 39 and 39.8% usage rate in his last two games. Oof. Like, you just, yeah, he's just, he's awesome. So, <laughs> nobody, you didn't see this coming, did you? Be honest. No. I mean, I he said, is, I said oh he could God. get up to 8K and he's gotten to 9 and like yeah. is on his way to 10 if he keeps playing it's like that. Crazy what so, he's doing right now. It's insane. No, he deserves to be an all-star. And honestly, I'm happy for him. I you know, we've we've talked about it, but I think Russell Westbrook is just like just really bad for for his teammates. So Which I'm is happy. why Paul George is just a GPP play people. Don't play him in cash. Right. Which is why I'm happy to see him succeeding. Yeah. All right, let's end it with that. Uh, for Vince, who you can find on Twitter at WakeWorkWake, I am Matt LaMarca, at Matt LaMarca. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to On The Daily, the Road of His Daily fantasy sports podcast powered by Road of His Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Road of His Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Factory.